Hi everyone, I'm Gary Lewis and welcome to the Geo Podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about the history of the theory of plate tectonics. Now, plate tectonics is the universal theory that we use in Earth science to understand not only what has happened through time for our planet, but why we have certain features in in certain locations today, like mountain ranges, deep ocean ridges, volcanoes and earthquakes. Now, while very widely accepted as the universal theory, plate tectonics is still a theory, and we are gathering evidence to prove that theory is true over and over and over and again and again and again. Sometimes we find new evidence and the theory needs to be adjusted because that evidence doesn't fit the model or the hypothesis that we are trying to test. Let me step back a bit. A scientific model starts with a hypothesis. For example, a hypothesis might say that all of Earth's earthquakes take place in zones. We then go and look at the evidence for past earthquakes and we find that the vast majority fall into zones, but some do not. So we need to adjust the hypothesis because the evidence shows it not to be true 100% of the time. And the theory of plate tectonics is made up of a whole pile of hypotheses about evidence that we can find, landforms that we can see, and phenomenon that we have not been able to explain without gathering the evidence first. Join all those hypotheses together and we end up with the theory of plate tectonics. It continues to be a theory because new evidence is being found and the hypotheses being adjusted. Once a theory can be proved to be true 100% of the time, even when new evidence comes in, that evidence fits the hypothesis then that theory may become a law. But plate tectonics is still in the theory stage, although we're getting closer and closer and closer to it becoming a law. So let's now go back and work out where the theory came from. And the first step was the development of world maps during the period of exploration that took place around about the 1600s. During that time, there was lots of exploration that was taking place around the world by countries such as Britain, France, Portugal and Spain, just to name a few. As their explorers sailed around and found new parts of the planet that they hadn't been to before, they developed maps. Those maps were kept as state secrets because one country didn't want another country to know what they had found. So while each of these countries ended up developing some fairly accurate world maps, these maps were not available for the scientific community or the general public ever to see. But those people who could have access to the maps were starting to notice some patterns such as how the continents on either side of the Atlantic look like they were jigsaw puzzles and may fit together. The real burst in the theory took place in the 1800s when these maps started to be released and the greater scientific pool of people started putting together ideas about why the continents and the oceans may be distributed the way they are. Hypotheses based on 
the moon pulling away from the earth and leaving a big scar that was the pacific ocean or even just the earth spinning making the continents and the oceans split apart to keep the earth balanced so it wasn't all lopsided but really no evidence for anything like plate tectonics was being put forward it was just really observing the way the continents looked and the ocean basins looked on their maps. It wasn't until 1924 that somebody actually came up with a theory for why the continents may have moved apart, and that person was Alfred Wegener. Wegener was a glaciologist, and he understood that the weight of glacial ice in certain parts of the planet, such as Greenland, was so heavy that it actually pushed the continent of Greenland down into the earth. So the weight of the ice was so much that the actual continent that it sat on was being pushed down into the mantle. He also realized that at the end of the last glaciation, when a whole pile of glaciers melted all around the earth, that the crust was rebounding out of the mantle. And Wegener had a hypothesis that said that when the continents rebounded, they rebounded to a slightly different position to what they were in originally. And that over time, with glaciers put on and off and on and off, the continents would move. And he called this continental drift. Now, while Wegener's hypothesis was sort of discussed and put aside by lots of the scientific community, other scientists were coming up with new ideas. In 1928, a guy by the name of Arthur Holmes suggested that maybe convection currents in the mantle was the driving mechanism for why the continents may be drifting. While he had no evidence to support his theory, it certainly was looked at by the scientific community with greater interest than Wegener's glacial rebound ideas. About this time, the Second World War took place, and with the development of submarines being used extensively by both sides in the war, lots of ocean mapping was taking place. Because obviously, if you've got a submarine, you want to know where any obstacles are under the oceans. This mapping continued at the end of the war into the 1950s. That mapping produced some amazing evidence for features that people hadn't seen before, such as mid-ocean ridges and deep ocean trenches. Then in the early 1960s, people such as Harry Hess suggested that maybe the continents are moving apart at the mid-ocean ridges and being created by upwelling of the magma from these convection currents that Arthur Holmes had mentioned back in the 1920s. So now they were looking at not only evidence for how the plates moved, but how plates may interact with each other. So evidence from earthquakes, evidence from volcanoes were being added to these theories that the continents were moving around on large lithospheric plates. The evidence continued to be gathered and by the 1970s, the theory of plate tectonics, as it was then called, was widely being accepted by scientists around the planet. That acceptance has continued with more and more evidence being produced all of the time 
and the theory being adjusted to make that evidence, especially around things like where two continents have collided, forming mountain ranges, the formation of island arcs. But it even goes further than that. The theory of plate tectonics is used to understand where they might find mineral resources, oil and gas reserves, help with hazard reduction and so on. So that's it for this episode on the history of the theory of plate tectonics. But like always, if you're looking for more information about earth science, come visit us at geoetc.com. That's G-E-O-E-T-C.com. And I should mention that in the next month or so, we're going to be releasing our online course for plate tectonics. This course will take you through all aspects of plate tectonics. And if you are an educator, there will be sections including activities that you can use in your classroom to teach all about plate tectonics. So watch out for that. Go check us out, geoetc.com. But for now, keep on rocking. <laughs>